0: This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. First show of 2024, Dan Grosser Show, the Dan Grosser Vehicle. What do you think about that, Harvey? you think that's a name we should maybe incorporate for the new year, the Dan Grosser Vehicle instead of the show? What do you think?
1: The Dan Grosser Vehicle?
0: Yeah. Do you think it's got potential?
1: That sounds cheap.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can market it.
1: Everyone calls something a vehicle these days.
0: Oh, did you see that Tom Hanks vehicle last night? Yeah, but that's also kind of just almost making a mockery of those type of things. But this would be something different, you know? How many radio programs are called the vehicle? And it's a tie-in, you know, like you're listening. Even though Now they want you to believe, though, that people aren't listening in their cars. Like we're trained to almost imagine that not everybody – it's not 1936 anymore, right? People are consuming these programs not just strictly in their car. You know, you got the app. You can listen whenever you want. You can be listening. You can be listening to my words right now on Thursday morning. Right? I mean, some people may miss the show live. They got things to do. They're out, you know, serving their time or, you know, um, whatever, doing some charity work. Serving their time? Well, what I meant to say was they're donating their time. Oh, okay. They're donating their time. Maybe they're at a, at a soup kitchen or, you know, doing some good deeds tonight, and they're missing the show live, and they're like, you know what? I'll catch up tomorrow morning on the train or on my way to work or something so they could be listening to this thing on Thursday, and that's okay. It's timeless. It's timeless content. Even though we're talking about games and what, it don't matter. You go back and you listen to the show from, from the middle of September. You're still going to get chock full of nuts in that one as well. And then anyway, their,
1: their, their friend next to them, like, hey, what is that? And you know what they say? <laughs> That's a Dan Grossa vehicle.
0: It's the Dan Grassa vehicle, baby. The DGV. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's, it's got, got some potential. mileage. Yeah, it's got you damn right. It's got some. I see what you did there. It's got some mileage. And we'll see if, you know, we'll see if we can make it a thing. You know, we'll maybe run it up to uh, the powers that be and see if they want to take hold of it. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Knicks, Bulls coming up tonight at 8 o'clock. Our coverage right here on 98.7 ESPN. And before we get back to the calls, because I know everybody wants to talk about a variety of things, not just the football, the basketball. We'll get to it both. I have not been on the air since that Knicks trade came to be over the weekend. Uh, tweeted a couple of things out about it. And by the way, you can get me at Dan Grosse, GRACA over on the X. Here's what I'll say and what I said then. And you're not going to just judge a trade based on the merits of one game. That's not fair. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's not that I have a huge problem with the trade because I'm not looking at this trade as a singular entity. I'm not. This, to me, is just one domino in many that are still going to fall, I believe, for this basketball team over the next several months. And I don't know if it's going to happen before February with the trade deadline, or if it's something that we're going to have to be patient and wait until the summer for this roster to continue to transform. But O.G. Ananobi is a guy who they've had their eye on for a very long time. He's a CAA guy. Now the Knicks have his bird rights. So if they want to extend him, they're going to have an opportunity to pay him a little bit more to do so. And it's not like the Knicks are completely out of options or completely out of assets as well. Right? Right? You still have Evan Fournier in that expiring contract. You still have all those first-round picks that you could still dangle out there. So do I think that the Knicks on paper are a better basketball team after the trade than they were before it? I don't necessarily believe that, but what I will acknowledge is that this makes them a better constructed basketball team, right? Because OG Ananobi is something that R.J. Barrett is not. He's not a ball-dominant player, and that was the problem with this team. Like, whenever we talked about the constraints of this offense, you had three guys in RJ and Brunson and Randall that only needed the ball in their hands to be able to maximize their efficiency. Now you eliminate one of those guys, and so it's not as crowded, and OG Ananobi is a guy who could just kind of blend in, not to mention the fact that he's a superb defender out on the wing, superb. The one thing I'm a little bit leery of, and again, I'm not going to judge this all on just what we saw against Minnesota on Monday. I think that Emmanuel quickly scoring punch off of the bench is going to be missed. Because games where Emmanuel quickly maybe had an off night and wasn't hitting his shots, you didn't really find too much production elsewhere. Now, this presents a great opportunity for somebody like Quentin Grimes, because remember what Quentin Grimes was going through? early in the season when he was still in the starting lineup and he was only getting like two shots a game and he went there and he complained to the media and he said, well, I don't have any confidence right now because essentially what happens is I get two shots. If I miss both of them, tips takes me out of the game and I'm sitting on the bench for the next 20 minutes. So how can I get in the flow offensively? Compounding matters with those three other guys. So you're playing in a starting unit where you have three ball-dominant players that all need their shot. How was he going to be able to get his? So they made the switch. It's worked better with DiVincenzo. But now you have Grimes still on the bench where this is an opportunity for him because your number one bench score is now no longer here. So if I'm Quentin Grimes, the minute I got word that this trade was going down, I went into the, mir- into the bathroom. I looked myself straight in the mirror. I started pounding the mirror like Rocky Three, start playing Eye of the Tiger. This was my chance. And it will be his chance moving forward to prove that, you know what, you can carve out a role and develop your offensive game and be somebody that the players on this team and the coaching staff, more importantly, is going to develop some trust in. Right? That's the key here. You've got a veteran coach who has a very short leash with especially some of these younger players that you have to earn and build that trust. They believe in Quentin Grimes on one end of the floor. I don't know if they believe in him necessarily on the other end of the floor. So this is a big, big opportunity for him. But defensively, this team should be better. Picking up the big two and Precious, I think that he's somebody, given the glut of injuries they have right now at the center position, he's somebody that is much welcome at this point. So I like the way this roster is constructed. Am I prepared to sit here and tell you that because of this one swift move that now the Knicks all of a sudden should be mentioned among the hierarchy of the Eastern Conference? No. No. they're They're, they're still not Philadelphia. They're still not Milwaukee. They're still not Boston. Okay, There's still work to be done. Like They still don't have that dude. But I'm at least curious to see where this group can go and how far they can take it. Because let's face facts. I don't know if you felt the same way. I I sure as heck did. I watched enough of this team over the last year and a half. I think they squeezed all the toothpaste out of the tube, basically. They took this thing as far as they could take it with this group. You know, I don't know if this team was even getting to a conference final if they just left it alone because that's the next step, all right? You could win a round in the playoffs with this group, but is that what you want? Like, shouldn't you be playing for bigger things? I think they realized that. And that's why they went ahead and they made this trade. Emmanuel quickly was somebody that they weren't going to be able to re-sign. Talks broke down over the summer. Quickly wants to get pay- Quickly thinks he could be a $100 million player. God bless him because you know what? There's probably going to be a team out there that gives him 100 billion million in the offseason. It's the NBA, right? That's the way this thing works. And he might even get a chance to start someplace. But it wasn't going to be here. It wasn't going to be here. And I even made that point before this season started, while the Knicks and Quickly were having all those conversations about trying to hammer something out. And I made the point that if your IQ and you have an affinity for your game, which I'm sure that he does, Do you really think that New York is your long-term future? Because now you have Jalen Brunson here. And Brunson became the guy. So you were never going to supplant Jalen Brunson and be the everyday point guard for this basketball team. It wasn't going to happen. And that's why you began to think that his future was going to be someplace else. So you know what? They did him a favor in a way. That money's coming off the books. And with R.J. Barrett, I know there's a lot of folks that held on to that dream Right? And held on to the hopes that he was going to be a homegrown Nick, a homegrown Nick that was going to blossom into an all star and blossom into a guy that was worthy of the number three overall pick in the draft and was going to become ultimately somebody that was, you know, a 20 something plus per game score and a guy that you could put the team on his back. Okay. You still want to say that he was young and he could still grow into that player, maybe in Toronto? Fine. I just don't know if it was going to happen here. Remember, I was the same person that would have happily included him in a deal for Donovan Mitchell when we talked about that a couple of summers ago. All right, this time it didn't bring you back Donovan Mitchell, brought you back a guy who might fit in a little bit better on this team than R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly were, or at least R.J. Barrett in terms of the starting lineup. But, you know, wish these guys well. They were good Knicks. R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel, quickly, like you think back to their time with this franchise, what you're going to remember is they were part of that core, that group that helped change the culture and helped facilitate the turnaround and to make them a legitimate playoff team in the Eastern Conference and, and nowhere near a laughingstock any longer, right? And they should be commended for that. Now, what's next? The work is not done. You know, Leon Rose and company, they're not saying, all right, good to go. Put your feet up and watch basketball for the rest of the season. This is a continuous process of building this team into one of the elite of the Eastern Conference.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
3: This is the Dan Grosser Show
0: on 98.7 ESPN. I mentioned earlier how the schedule lightens up for this team. 14 of the next 20 games are going to be at home, friendly confines of MSG. And, you know, out of the six road games they play, really – you got Philadelphia coming up on Friday. That one's a little tricky. And then you got a trip to Dallas in there. Other than that, like, these are winnable games. You know, they, they, these are games that you should put in the win column. Right now you're sitting there in eighth place in these, or I should say tied for seventh, excuse me, in the conference. You got you got some work to do. You're only a game back of fourth, for crying out loud. So go on a nice little run here. You know, win eight of your next 12 Is that outlandish? Eight of your next 12, you could be sitting there in home court advantage position as we get ready to roll into February and the all-star break and that type of stuff, and more importantly, the trade deadline, and see how this front office really feels about the team that they constructed. Let's go back to the phones. Jose is in Brooklyn. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jose, happy new year. How are you?
1: Happy New Year, Dan. Shout out to the company. Hello to Harvey and and Joe. Just wanted to, you know, definitely, you know, come in and talk, you know, some basketball because, you know, I don't want to talk about two losing football teams. We've got plenty of time over the... You know, off season to dissect an autopsy though of why those teams are losers and et cetera, et cetera. So with the Nick trade, and I'm gonna be honest, I was kind of like within your boat. I was not impressed with the trade at first when first hearing it. Then, you know, going in, taking everyone's thoughts and everything, I'm still not really impressed. And I don't care if, you know, and I'm a Knicks fan that actually watches the basketball games as well. And you're not going to convince me to be impressed. And you're not going to tell me that I don't get it when at the end of the day, this move does make us bigger. It does make us more defensive minded. The issue that I have with this move is, is it is still a identity and an offensive set that still runs around a very flawed player, and when we are now pretty much maximizing that and say and double downing, when we've already seen that that player can't even be a third option. And then, and you know, and I got to give up, to, give it up to him because he had a great game. He was trying to inspire the crowd, but you know why that the crowd was dead Dan? because the, the the crowd pretty much lost all, lost the motivate motivational people that usually got that crowd very ruckus. Which was whether it was a highlight windmill dunk that you know people thought was overrated because he didn't provide defense on the other end, and we couldn't provide minutes. Whether it was a Emmanuel quickly hitting a three, or getting into the lane and getting a get hitting that t- um, that float that floater that he's so famous for, or whether it was R.J. Barrett, you know, having a couple of cu- couple of highlight plays and, and showing when you actually gave him the ball and you gave him opportunities, whether it was the last few games in season three, or whether it was the playoff game or whether it was the stretch of the beginning where people told me that the Knicks defense was in the top four defensive rating in the beginning of the season. But yet somehow, somehow migraines come, we start losing our edge defensively. And apparently the reason that we started losing was because R.J. Barrett, you know, is, is bad on defense, which, you know, once again, you know me, Dan, I don't like to believe in narratives. I don't like to even believe in, you know, flawed statistics like plus minuses because sometimes that's indicative of the flow of the game and who's on the, feet, who's on the court with you. I like to actually deal with in fact. And the fact of the matter is, is we traded for a defensive stopper who averages 15 points. And mm-hmm. we traded away thirty-three points off of our off of our lineup, and the other two throw-ins, Precious and Malachi Flynn. At the end of the day, there's a reason why they threw them in. You know, this is not like these guys are. You know, and at the end of the day, Precious to me is the pretty much make up for the bad OB Toppin trade and Malachi Flynn is essentially the throw in. And I just don't think, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And I I hope I'm wrong. Jose, you know what you
0: basically just said? And I thank you for the phone call. Okay. Basically everything you just said there reinforces my initial remarks on this trade. And that is they are not a finished product. This is not the trade that the Knicks brass thinks makes them a championship team. This is just one move of other moves that will then follow down the road. I don't know when they're going to happen, but there's still work to be done. Remember, they still don't have that guy. They still don't have that alpha. Brunson's great. Randall's great. But they're not the superstar. They're not that game changer. They're not the franchise player. They're like the 1As, if you will. They're not 1s. And that hasn't changed. And the thing about RJ, and I'm glad that Jose mentioned it because it escaped me when I was talking a little bit earlier about the trade. And it's, and, and it's fact. It's 100% fact. I feel bad in a way, and you almost say what if with RJ Barrett because he really had gotten off to a great start this season. Right? He got off to a great start this season. The first, like, seven, eight games or whatever it was – He was their best player, their most consistent player, hands down. But then the stupid migraines came, and unfortunately that sidelined him, and it just seemed like ever since he came back from that – You've had a moment here, a moment there, but he wasn't that guy that we saw at the beginning of the season. And you didn't know that if the the migraines never happened, was R.J. Barrett en route to having maybe that season that he was finally going to be able to put everything together and perhaps maybe even have an all-star campaign that so many fans wanted him to? Right? But clearly, over the last few weeks, you watched what happened with this team And defensively, for the most part, it left a lot to be desired. And for the most part, it was ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Especially when they were playing those good teams, right? I mean, you're giving up 140, 135. I mean, there was a stretch there where they were surrendering almost 130 to 135 points a game. For like six, seven, eight games there. You can't do that, and especially not a Tom Thibodeau coach team is not going to put up with that, so what do you do? You have injuries that also happen with Mitchell Robinson, then Jericho Sims goes down. You're light in terms of size. Well, how do you fix that? You go out and you get somebody who becomes your best wing defender in OG Ananobi. Precious Achoo is the guy who, look, I don't know what his minutes would be if everybody's healthy, but for the time being, you need a body. Even if he goes out there and he gives you 10, 12 minutes a night, you know what? That's fine. You just need some size. So it was almost like put the Band-Aid on the wound right now just so you can be able to get through this stretch of the season and, oh, by the way, you acquire somebody that you've had eyes on for a while that you hope is also going to be part of this thing moving forward. Let's say hi to do, 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 do Chris in Jersey up next here on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Chris, how are you? Dan, happy new year. Chris, same to you.
3: Listen, Dan, we've talked before. All right, I'm a 90s Knicks guy. I'm a Knicks guy. Listen, all due respect to Jose. I know he's called the show, and good to listen to him. But come on. We're not getting into the compo. We're not getting Jimmy Butler. We're not getting Embiid. We're not getting those guys to be the guys. So, yeah, you're not going to be impressed. You're not going to be impressed until you're impressed. Let's be very honest. RJ, I like quickly. But to me, and this is controversial, sometimes he looked luckier than he was actually good. And I watched the games. Maybe it's his style. RJ, we hit the road at the end of the road with RJ. I like RJ. I would have loved to have this guy for 10 years. But guess what? We were not moving the needle with the team that we had. And if you look at the playoffs last year, Miami didn't beat us with Jimmy Butler. They beat us with an old, uh, um, Kawh- um, old Kyle Lowry. It was Lowry the role players. A, uh, the Max Struzes of the world. Dead. The Gabe Vincents. Those they, were the guys. They beat us. So guess what? We finally have a team right now that resembles those teams that when you watch the like the Denver Nuggets, you say, yeah, I know, jo- I know Jokic, and I know a Gordon, and I know this other guy. But who are all these other guys that are just scoring at will and defending like crap? that's what we're going towards? We don't have the three-point champion shooter, but guess what? We got some toughness now, and we got finally got a point guard. And I'm sorry, I've been supporting Randall for four to five years. Besides his mental issues on the court, which are clear, the guy is a baller. Again, it's one of these things where, well, trade him. Who are you who are you replacing with? You're not getting a superstar until that guy comes off the court. From another team, you're not getting them. I don't know about the trade right now. It's a wait and see. Easy answer. But, Dan, we are positioned, if things fall right, to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Am I being optimistic? Dan, I have to be. Why not? It's
0: 2024, Dan. I think that, Chris, thanks for the phone call. I think that that's, I don't think it's a bad ceiling, but I think that that would be the ceiling for this team this year. Right, all you gotta do is win one more round than you than you accomplished last year, and that's just winning a couple of more games. They gotta stay healthier, first of all. But does Mitchell Robinson's absence make that even almost impossible this year? That's why I seem to think, and again, I could be wrong, there's no way of knowing. It's not like I have any inside information. Obviously there's gonna be another move made here. But does it happen before February? Does it happen before the trade deadline? Do they try to go all in a little bit more with this group this year and try to make a run at this thing? Or is it gonna be a more wait and see, let's reload come summertime and see where that gets us? You know, do you look at, for example, do you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference? They're not as good as Milwaukee. And 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 here's the scary thing about Milwaukee. They're playing really, really good now. Like they're 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 starting to get it together. But for a while, remember, Milwaukee was kind of it's tough to say that they were stuck in neutral or running in quicksand type thing because they still were really good. But with that group and incorporating Dame into everything, it just seemed like they still were not firing full throttle. I think you're starting to see them come out of it now. And that's why at the end of the day, that club is a group that I still think can get to a championship even more than the Boston Celtics. But the Boston Celtics are also really, really good. I can't sit here as presently constituted with this Knicks team and say that they're in that league. You want to have long conversations about Philadelphia that if they, you know, eventually graduate to the point where maybe they could surpass the 76ers? Okay, fine. There's still some work to do there. But are they in the Milwaukee League? Are they in the Boston League? The answer is no. And right now, as you and I are talking on January 3rd, they're not in Philadelphia's league either. They're that fourth team, but fourth team probably ain't good enough to get you to a conference final, especially when you have two teams in your same league that can win a championship. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs) Metropolitan Entertainment welcomes Tool to Madison Square Garden for two nights, Friday, January the 12th, and Saturday, January the 13th, ESPN New York has your chance to score tickets at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Scroll down to contests and submit your entry. It's brought to you by Metropolitan Entertainment Tool Tickets. They're on sale right now at Ticketmaster.com. You might even see Harvey at one of those shows, as a matter of fact, if you are lucky enough to win yourself some tickets.
1: 800-919-3776.
0: That is the... Telephone number. Let us say hi to Breezy in the truck up next here on 9870 ESPN. Breezy, how you doing? Dan, I'm
4: good. I'm good. You know, I listen to this station from 6 in the morning all the way up until the end of the evening. And the one thing that I always hear is, do you trust this regime to draft another quarterback? Dan, this regime isn't going anywhere. So they're going to have to draft the quarterback.
0: They don't have to. They're
4: not going anywhere yeah. No, but they, they don't, don't have to draft them. a
0: quarterback next year, I'm saying. So when is they going to draft it? Well, Breezy, let me ask you a question, okay? I'm listening. Let's just say, and, and you're right, everybody's coming back, but let's just say this thing misfires again next year, and we're having this conversation a year from now about a Jets team that's 6-10 and 10, and getting ready to finish another season that doesn't include the playoffs. You mean to tell me you don't think there's going to be changes made after that if next year is another disappointment?
4: Damn, what the, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't bank on that. You know. Bank on this, Breezy, going on you now. know. You know. Come on. You, the, I mean, next honestly, year. Honestly, I thought there was going to be changes this year.
0: Well, they got themselves an alibi because the quarterback went down four plays into the season. Next year, though, there's no more alibis. The alibi store is out of stock, and there's no new ones coming in. Next year, it's called win, produce, or there's going to be changes. It's as simple as that. And like I said, and Breezy, thanks for the phone call. Like I said earlier... I understand that right now this team does not have a long-term answer at the quarterback position. You got Aaron Rodgers here, but that could be one year. It could be two years. Have no idea, but that's not long-term. But while you have Aaron Rodgers here and while he's your quarterback, I think that it's an injustice if you don't go out there and try to make this team as whole as possible around Aaron Rodgers, giving him and the team the best chance to win while he's still your quarterback. And so by drafting a quarterback for the future that might sit for two years, three years, whatever it is, I don't think that benefits them winning while Aaron Rodgers is still here. Now, if you want to draft somebody, let's say, in the fourth or the fifth round at the quarterback position because you like him as a prospect and you know he's going to sit for two seasons, be my guest. All I'm saying is I don't think it behooves them to waste a premium top 10 first round draft choice on a quarterback that is going to sit for two years. Definitely not for the 2024 season. You better get an offensive lineman that can step in and play right away. You better get a wide receiver that can go out there and contribute right away. That is the urgency. That is the need. Let's say hi to Artie in Brooklyn, who is up next here on 98.7. Hello, Art. How are you? How about the fact? Happy New Year, buddy. Happy
5: New Year, Art. There's four quarterbacks, right? Mm -hmm. Carr, Rogers. Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Mayfield Mm -hmm. and Mayshu and I had to say in the beginning of the year and I said pick two they're Mm going to make the playoffs (laughs) who would have thought who would have thought man (laughs) that Mayfield and Mayshu would be the quarterbacks isn't that
0: crazy hey Carr could still make it Saints could still (laughs) make it
5: and they're killing Joe Douglas why don't everybody step up and tell me why did we get Mayfield and Mayshu Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey. Go ahead. Tell me. Do we question. have do we have to have I mean, the Joe Flacco on, conversation man.
0: art too or what?
5: Look, I didn't make I didn't make the eighty five Bears comment and I didn't make the comment, well there's only six teams that can make the Super Bowl and I think we're one of them. Really salad. Really. Stop looking, buddy. before number you, one picks. You could- why When I saw that Hall of Fame team, that game, and I said to myself, "You, Dan, I called you. There was the guy, number 74, that was a brick house.
0: The right? tackle. Yeah.
5: And I said, I said to Cleveland Browns, fan. I said, what's that guy? He goes, he was our fourth round pick from Ohio State. I go, the dude's not starting? He nice. goes, starting? Nah, he's on a bench. And then he got
0: the hurt. His name is Jones. Yep. Jones, and then he got right? hurt. And and all right, and I got to let you go cuz I got to hit a break here. But you're right. Look, Cleveland watching that game on Thursday night, that's like pouring salt in the wound to the Jet fan. Because all the injuries, all the issues, all the excuses you wanted to use to explain why the Jets only won 6 games this year. Cleveland could say, "All right, hold my beer." Four quarterbacks, pro bowl running back down, two starting tackles both pro bowlers gone. The guy you just mentioned the third tackle down But yet, they got double-digit wins. They're going to the playoffs. They're resting guys in Week 18 because they got a playoff spot wrapped up ready. And how'd they do it? They did it with a top-flight defense, a championship-caliber defense, which is what the Jets were supposed to do. And that's how they were supposed to win games this year. And it didn't happen. And it didn't fire. By the way, Cleveland, they're flexing right now. Because this week, just because they can, they're starting a fifth different starting quarterback. How about that? History will show the Cleveland Browns used five different starting quarterbacks in the 2023 season, and they won double-digit games and made the playoffs. Jeff Driscoll getting the nod. And by the way, for those that are looking ahead or beginning to look ahead to the weekend and thinking about, oh, I don't know if they want to partake in such things as far as these Week 18 games are going to go, which are impossible because so many teams are resting guys. There are already five teams that have playoffs already wrapped up that have already announced that they're sitting their starting quarterback and others. Lamar Jackson's not playing for the Ravens. Flacco's not playing for the Browns. Mahomes not playing for Kansas City. Stafford not playing for the Rams. Brock Purdy not playing for the 49ers. And you might even get a couple of others, too, by the time we get to Sunday. And one last thing on Flacco. I'm happy for him. I didn't really get a chance to know him all that well when he was here for parts of the last three seasons, but... Good for him. All he wants to do is play. You know, he's not flashy. He's not about the glitz and all that stuff. He's just a, you know, meat and potatoes, lunch lunch pail guy who's a Super Bowl MVP, made a boatload of money in the NFL. He's almost 40 years old, and he just wants to play football. And he's getting the opportunity to do that in a blue-collar town with the Browns. But, guys, you know it and I know it. Just like Artie said, there is no way Joe Flacco would be having the same amount of success that he's had with the Browns over these last four games if he was still wearing a Jet uniform. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Joe Flacco was here for parts of three seasons. He started nine games as the Jet quarterback. Nine. You know how many of those they won? One. And it was a miracle that they won the game, the Browns game, last year in week two. Okay? So you can't sit here and tell me that a guy who was 1-8 as a starting quarterback for the Jets over three years would be doing the same exact thing he's doing now with the Cleveland Browns. It would not be happening. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's say hi to Lonnie in Harlem, who is up next here on 98.7. Lonnie, how are you?
6: Dan, how you doing, sir? Harvey Jolio. Shout out to the company, of course. Now, Dan, you said um, the Dan Grasser vehicle, huh? So that uh, Maybe. Case, uh, you
0: know, we're throwing some stuff at the wall. We'll see what sticks.
6: Well, uh, if that's the case, let me strap in uh, You know my seatbelt because you know I'm going to ride shotgun with you.
3: There you go. Um,
6: also, also uh, you said you said Harvey was going to go to the concert. You think he'll be uh, bringing his reusable sippy cup with him? He
0: better not. He better because it's it's a bad look, and they're not going to let him get away with that at a place like the Garden.
6: Uh, also, Also, just want to let you know, as I told you, uh, Jaleel, when I called, you know, to me, when you're on, since you're the mayor, you know, Mayor Quimby, is to me it's radio it's campaign radio. So it's campaign, you know, that's what I would go with. Campaign. radio. Campaign radio. radio. And um, you know, I heard what uh, Jose said, and I felt, you know, I felt he made some salient points, to be honest with you. But you know, it's only been one game, so it's not really much you can really be, you know, impressed by Jose. You got to give us some time. But I understand what he was talking about—the whole point different, you know, uh, difference and stuff like that. So, but then I also kind of, you know, agree with the caller right after him, which is Chris, you know, saying like this is like that kind of like that 90s, giving you that 90s, that 90s mix feel where you got a lot of defense. And almost everybody on this, the the full off can like you know at least put up their numbers as long as the main cause of the team are doing their part. Now, obviously Mitchell Robinson being out, that's a huge blow for us, you know. But honestly, I'm kind of happy because Hartenstein's been doing his thing on the block. You know, the fact that he blocked Gobert like three times the other than was, you know, that was pretty huge. nice. So that was that was huge. So hopefully but the problem with a guy like Hartenstein
0: continue. though, Lonnie, here's the problem with Hartenstein. He's somebody. Just like a lot of backups and role players kind of fall into that category, the more you stretch them, the more you ask from them, that's when the flaws start to pop up, and that's when you see the warts. And I don't want that to happen with him because, let's be honest, there's not a hell of a lot waiting in the wings right now because of how depleted they are at the five position.
6: Right, but that, like you said, with uh, at the Jose Court, I think you know that's kind of why they had to go out and get Precious or Chua as well, you know, with that trade package because that's another big body that we got also have on the floor. Seeing how Sims doesn't really do anything either, he really hasn't, de- you know, developed into you know much of an offensive skill either. The man is a chiseled. Adonis almost, but hasn't really, you know, done anything for us as well. But I also called the, you know, about, you know, you saying this is not a finished product as well. You know, I also believe that too, Is you know, I called and I spoke to Joe and he kind of brought up somebody that I really didn't really think about. Um, You know, to me, I was like, if we could pride Devin Booker away, that'd be great. Don't think that's going to happen. If we could pride Kawhi Leonard away, that'd be great. But he has to also come with the, you know, incentive of, you know, wanting to play. I don't think that he does not want to play, but, you know, his health you know, just as anything, health is key. But he, he also said, you know, somebody that I kind of didn't want at first. But now that we have OG, somebody like Paul George wouldn't really be a bad idea. Yeah, the but Lonnie, here's the, problem with
0: the, here, here's the problem with those guys. And I got to let you go because we're out of time here. But thanks for the phone call. Clippers aren't going to break that thing up because they're starting to fire on all cylinders. All those guys are playing for contracts in the off season, So you're going to get the best out of them. That's why the Clippers are a scary team right now, I think, moving forward. Real quick, let's say hi to Irons, Staten Island. Ira, you got a minute, my friend. Happy New Year. How are you?
5: Happy New Year. I make it real quick. You know, Flacco would have never succeeded here. I wouldn't have brought him in. It's, it comes down to the coaching, and it comes down to the scheme. The Browns knew what to do with him. The Jets, left for the last couple of years, didn't, so it made no sense to bring him back. But I'll leave it at this, and hopefully we'll talk before the game Sunday. Mm-hmm. This tops it off rain all year and now they're going to be playing in a potential heavy <laughs> snow blizzard on you, can, you can't make it up then
0: but you know what ira re- look and and look uh, uh, it's easy for me to say because i don't have to sit in it and, and i thank you for the phone call i love watching those if, if, if give me a snow game any day of the week i i, I will sign up for that and then some And we'll see what the weather has in store. You know, like already here, they're kind of backing off of the forecast. Even for New York, it's going to be like a sloppy kind of mess, maybe more rain than snow. But I guess moving up to uh, the New England area for Sunday, I I didn't check it today, but they were saying it was going to be mostly snow for them. And if it is, great. You know, little extra element to the final game of the season for a game that really doesn't mean anything. And somebody's going to have an excuse if the offense can't get going because they're going to say, well, you know, the bad conditions, you can't expect a hell of a lot as far as moving the ball up and down the field. But we'll see. We're still a few days away from that. Uh, We'll be back with you on Friday because we got Rangers tomorrow, so no show. We'll be back on Friday, give you some picks, set you off into the football weekend. We'll do that after TMKS. Thanks to Harvey and Joe. Knicks basketball up next, 9870 ESPN.